in your Bibles, please, to the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. In your Schofield Bible, page 1021-1021, beginning with the 13th verse, we will read responsibly through verse 18. The 18th verse is one of the text verses. We'll turn to yet another scripture after we read this. We'll read the verses responsibly. Let's stand, please, as is our custom to do. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Turn now to the first Corinthians, the third chapter, page twelve hundred fourteen in your Schofield Bible. The third chapter of first Corinthians and reading verses six and seven. And let's read these verses in unison. I'll give you just a few more seconds there to find it. Let's read together, please. Ready? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. And let's pray. Father, it's a wonderful thing that you've done for us in giving us this church. Thank you that we're located in an area where such a church exists. And of course most of us can come here regularly. And so we can attest to the blessing and joy of being here. And the benefit that we derive from being here. But bless those who visit with us, those who cannot come so often. Or perhaps there are those who are with us for the very first time. Please help us each, whether we've been here for a long time or whether we're here today for the first time, meet our needs. Bless through the preaching and bless our preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me read to you without your turning to it. Uh, somebody put that purse back there. Uh, if somebody's going to trip on that, she almost did as she came by. Thank you. I want to read for you without your turning to it. Just a few other verses. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I want to speak this morning on the subject, I will build. He said, upon this rock, I will build. Now notice here it says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither... So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth increase. Now I want you to listen carefully to this verse. 
Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. It does not say he receive reward according to his success. It does not say he receive a reward according to his results. It says according to his labor. When I stand before God, if I get rewards that are not anything, it will not be because we have several thousand people coming to hear me preach every Sunday. It will be because if I have labored. God did not say that he'll reward you according to the harvest, but according to the planting and the watering. Now, I want to take a little Bible study I gave a few years ago as an introduction, and I want to try to help you. And I, I believe honestly that I can help you, or the Lord can help you through this simple preacher this morning. I will build our Heavenly Father. Uh, the thing I want the most is to help our dear people and those who share this hour with us today. Encourage our hearts, strengthen us, help us to get the right outlook, the right equilibrium concerning your work and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You've heard the story about, turn the treble up please, fellows, on this mic. You've heard the story about Mrs. Bethel over and over again, and I will not go through it again. She was the one who put me on her knee when I was a five-year-old boy and told me that Jesus loved me as she looked at my bare feet and my khaki pants with holes in the knees and my little white t-shirt with a hole in the shoulder. Several years ago, a long time after Mrs. Bethel went to heaven, I found that Mr. Bethel was still alive. And some of you will recall when I brought him to pastor school. And we honored Mr. Bethel. He was my first man Sunday school teacher. Now, Mrs. Bethel taught me in the beginner department, but didn't have classes there. We just met around little tables. And, and uh, But I got promoted to the primary department. <clears throat> Mr. Bethel was my first primary man Sunday school teacher. Here's what he said. He said to me in private, out, out in the hallway, he said, Pastor Hiles, he said, it's hard for me to call you Pastor Hiles. Last time I saw you were a little boy, six, seven years old. But he said, my wife was superintendent of the beginner department at Hillcrest. I've heard about this church for years. She never felt like she was success. He said, she just never felt like she was success until somebody told her the story of, of little Jackie Boy Hiles. I'm talking to folks this morning. I feel like you've been a failure. I had a dear pastor talk to me recently. He said, Brother Hiles, I've pastored for years. I'm now in my 80s. I've never had a big church. I've been a country preacher. He said, I compare my ministry to yours. I feel like I'm a failure. Uh, please listen to me carefully. I'm borrowing the introduction from a little Bible study I gave here years ago. I was in Tallahassee, Florida, preaching, and I, I promise you, if you listen to me, uh, you'll get something that'll help you. I was in Tallahassee, Florida. I was uh, was coming back to the airport from having preached there a couple of days. I got in the airport, and I uh, was walking down the concourse, which is the hallway of the airport. And as I was walking, I began to think of Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. 
especially that part that, that says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And as I was walking down the car to the hospital, I, I started uh, 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 quoting it, According to my steps, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, my walk got a little brisker, and I walked more briskly, and I started, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And then I got to where I was humming a little tune, and then I got to singing it. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, in all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And you know that little chorus, sing it together, eh? No clapping while we sing it, just sing it, ready? In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all, no clapping, please. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, in all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct. Listen, young people, listen to me. Hey, listen to me. I'm preaching to you. I got on the airplane, I kept singing it. I do not know why the lady next to me got up and moved. But I kept singing it. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, in all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Then it notice, I noticed something. I notice that that verse is divided into two sections. Section number one, in all thy ways acknowledge him. Section number two, and he shall direct thy paths. I notice something else. There are six words in the first section, in all thy ways acknowledge him. And there are six words in the second section, and he, sh- and he shall direct thy paths. So I also notice something else. That the six words over here in section number one are my responsibility. It's my job to acknowledge him. I noticed over in section number two that this was his responsibility. It's his job to direct my path. So it's my job. It's not my job to direct my path. It's my job to acknowledge him. It's my job to preach of him. It's my job to witness for him. It's my job to sing for him. It's my job to talk of him. It's my job to speak of him. It's my job to exalt him. That's my job. I have nothing to do over there but the direct of my path, that is God's job. So God said, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Listen, please do not take notes while I'm preaching. Please put your pens up. Listen to me. I'm preaching to you. It's not a class session now. I want to help you, and I want you looking at me while I try to help you. Every problem in this room today, your unhappiness, your nervous breakdowns, your sadness, your bereavement, your, your, your uh, um, a melancholy disposition, your depression is caused because you get over there on God's side. God said, this is your side. In all your ways, acknowledge him, he said. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And God said, you let me take care of this. I will direct your path. But you see, here's what happens. You get over here and you start directing your path. You want to see how it turns out. You want to make the results. And, and what happens is, not only are you doing what God's supposed to do, but you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're over here trying to be successful when that's God's business. It's your job, to, as I say so often, it's your job to provide the material. It's his job to do the building.
I will build, he said. So, uh, on this side over here, I'm supposed to acknowledge him. Now, that's all I'm supposed to do. It may be that I give my life to acknowledge him and give all I have to acknowledge him. It may be as a preacher, the biggest church I ever have runs less than 100 people, but he shall wreck my path. You're not successful because of how big a path you direct. You're successful because of whether or not you acknowledge him. And your problem is, you want to get over here and see how it's going to turn out. Now, get back over there. You just keep on praising Him. Keep on exalting Him. Keep on honoring Him. Keep on witnessing for Him. Keep on exalting Him. Keep on acknowledging Him. And you let God take care of the results. I'm the one to water a plant. I'm the one to water. And God gives the increase. His, 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 his reward for me will not be determined on what the results are over here. That's His business. That's his work. His rewards for me will be my work over here, and that I do my best. I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus? So in all thy ways acknowledge him. Let, let me see if I can explain what I mean a little more carefully. The building is his job. The materials are my job. Number one, you cannot make a happy marriage. See, here's what you want to do. You want to get over here on his side, and you want to make a happy marriage. You can't make a happy marriage. That's his business. He's the builder. You provide the materials. So what do you do? You come back over here and be a good spouse. You be a loving husband. You be a, a submissive wife. And you become a good spouse. There's, you, but see what you want to do. Come over here and you, for example, uh, we write books on how to have a happy marriage. Uh, that's okay, but that's not the way you have a happy marriage. Have a happy marriage. How to be a good wife. That's better. Or how to be a good husband, that's better. I'm saying it is not your job to build your marriage. It is God's job. He's the builder, and you provide the materials. Not only that, let's take this matter of friendship. Uh, we want to make friends. You can't make friends. Friends are a gift from God. You can be a friend, but you can't make a friend. I wrote a dear uh, person to whom I'm a friend. I do not think he's my friend, but I'm his friend. I wrote a letter. I, I told him, I said, I, we do not agree on everything, and there, we, we cannot work together to cause those disagreements. But I want you to know I feel offended towards you, and I am your friend. He wrote back and said, friendship is a two-way street. No, friendship is not a two-way street. I can be your friend if you hate me. I can be your friend if you're not my friend. I can't be your friend at all. But I, I, I can be your friend, and I am your friend. Now, it doesn't matter whether you are my friend or not, because it is God's job to direct my path. It is my job to provide the materials. It is God's job to build the building. And some of you folks are having nervous like that. I don't have any friends. I don't. You can't make a friend, and you may die and never have a friend, but bless God, the greatest joy is if you are a friend. Now, you listen to me, and you listen carefully. You get back on your side and quit trying to be over on God's side, and you just get over here, and you find your joy in acknowledging Him and serving Him and praising Him and let God take care of what's on the other side. It's just a matter of building a church. Jesus said, I will build my church. I can't build a church. Somebody said, Brother Hiles, uh, would you tell me how to build a church? No, but I can tell you how to work. Can you tell me how to build a church? No, I can't tell you how to build a church. I can tell you how to acknowledge him. Years ago, we came, 41 years ago, last August, we came to heaven. I didn't come to build a church. I came to acknowledge him. If somebody asked me when I came years ago, well, how do you think you'll ever have uh, ever have 20,000 in Sun School? I'd laugh at him. Well, how about 10,000? Well, I'd laugh up my sleeve at him. 
Well, how about 5,000? I said, no, I don't expect to have 5,000. Well, how about 3,000? That would have put us up close to Dr. Robertson back in those days. And I said, no, I would have said, no, I never expect to have 3,000. And somebody asked me, then why are you coming to heaven? I'm going to heaven to acknowledge him. I'm going to heaven to exalt him. I'm going to walk up and down these streets and try to get folks saved. I'm going to do the best I can to encourage those who are discouraged, lift those who are fallen, uh, bring back those who have uh, gone away, and to cheer those who are sad, and to say, win those to Christ who are lost. That's my job. It's his job to determine how many folks show up. It's my job to provide the material. It's his job to provide the business. He's the one who builds. He's the builder. Now get back on your side. That's why you're miserable. But it just didn't turn out the way I thought it would. Well, quit turning out and you turn in. You turn in the work. You turn in the praise. You turn in your best. And by the way, I'll say this after a while, but you forget how it's going to turn out and don't even look over there and try to figure out how you think it's going to turn out. You just do what you can and find your joy in your side of of the little, little song. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, in all thy ways acknowledge him, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Three, three observations. One is, most goals should be goals of effort and not results. You can check back over 41 years that I've been here, and you won't find over 10 times, probably, that I've set a goal for results. We said several times our, our goal to have 3,000 people saved in one Sunday, 3,000 people baptized, but very seldom. That's why God said He's going to reward us according to our labor. Our labor. Now look, young preacher boy. Don't you try to be a Jack Hiles unless you try to work like Jack Hiles has worked. Unless you try to preach the, uh, the Savior like Jack Hiles has preached the Savior. Don't you say, boy, I heard a fellow stand up at Hiles College one day and say, I'm going to have 100,000 in Sunday school. You better have a recount. He never got to 100. Because God didn't call you to have 100,000. You hear me carefully. God didn't call you to have 100,000 in Sunday school. And i got news for you. The youngest preacher boy here, with the least, likely, the least talent, the boy who goes and gives his best in some little country rural area somewhere and wins everybody he can and goes up and down the country road telling them about the Savior and baptizes those who are saved and marries those who are young and buries those who are dead and comforts those who are sad and brings back homes together and marriages together and little and children back to God and young folks who drift away back to God. You hear me tonight, today. You hear me. God's not going to judge you after looking at your attendance report. God's going to see how much sweat you've given to Him. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall erect thy paths. Observation number two. Do not fantasize about how it's going to be. I heard Dr. Hudson say one time, said, Who the house God's using to build that great church up there, which is not true. He's using the work up here, and God's built the church. But now, wait a minute. He said, sure, Dr. House had a dream that someday he'd have thousands. I love Dr. Hudson, but he was wrong there. Totally wrong. I never, I never saw in my dreams this auditorium. 
I never saw all these buildings around here. I never saw a college out there. I never saw Baptist City. I never saw the mausoleum. I never saw City Baptist High School. I never saw City Baptist Grade School. I never saw uh, Baptist City and High School and Grade School and Junior High. Never saw it. What did I see? I saw an area here that needs somebody to tell it that Jesus saves and somebody to lift the discouraged and somebody bring cheer in the lives of the people here in this grave. I came to acknowledge him for 41 years. I've been acknowledging him and he has been building the church. It's his job. It's his job. For example, here's a young lady. She's going to get married. And she fantasizes of how it's going to be. He's my dream boat. That boat will sink within three months. He's my dream boat. And she fantasizes how it's going to be. Now listen carefully. She gets out there and married a while, and the fantasy is not what is reality. For fantasy never includes a negative. But reality does include negatives. So, <laughs> here she is over here on this side, and she comes over here on the wrong side. What she should be doing is forgetting about what her marriage is going to be and study and learn what she ought to be. Like I said two Sunday mornings ago, it's time you ladies decided to study as hard to become a wife as a doctor does to become a doctor. Or a lawyer does to become a lawyer. It's time that you spend more time preparing yourself. Forget what kind of marriage you're going to have. Figure out what kind of wife you're going to be. Same is true with the husband. So she gets married. She didn't, in her fantasy, realize that in the morning his breast stunk. At night his feet stunk. Stank. Stink. Stink. Stank. Stunk. They have stunken. And, 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 and it's, not what, it's not what I thought it would be. Well, quit thinking about what it's going to be. You think about what you're going to be. And forget, you forget whether you have a good marriage or not. You think about one thing, and that is, I am going to be the best mate I can for my spouse, and I am going to learn how to do it. And it's time you spent more time, as I said two weeks ago today, it's time you spent more time preparing yourself to be a wife than preparing the ceremony and the wedding itself. There's a young pastor who goes to houses and college. He fantasizes what it's going to be like. But in his fantasy, he does not consider the possibility of deacons. So, he gets out there to reality. And believe me, deacons are a reality. A negative reality. I'm just kidding. A little bit. And he, it's not like he thought it was going to be. He over here was fantasizing what it's going to be out yonder someday. And he gets out there. And so what he says is this. I can tell you a dozen preachers doing this right now. I, I think the Lord, these people don't want a pastor. They, they don't want to follow. Well, that's what you're there for is to make them want to follow. And uh, I, they write, call me and say, Brother House, would you recommend me somewhere else? Now, I want to warn you. That same wronghorn deacon that left, that you left, from, and you leave that church, he's going to greet you on the front porch of the next church. Now listen carefully to me. 
you quit saying, this is what I hope it's going to be someday, and you say, this is what I am going to do. I'm going to acknowledge him. I'm going to be all I ought to be, and let him turn it out and direct your path. Likewise, same thing happens to churches. Here's a church called a pastor. And they, have, they fantasize about what he's going to be. Well, he comes and he's not all that they thought he would be. Now, that's not the idea. The idea is for you to be all you can be. You cannot, as I said the other day, you cannot change anybody but yourself. Consequently, okay, a couple going to have a baby. It ain't like it. It's cracked up to me, folks. When Becky was coming, my oldest child, I went back in the back of our little country parsonage. And uh, I, uh, I made a nursery out of the back bedroom. Beautiful nursery. Little pussy willows crawling up on the walls. And a little nursery there. And I, put, I, I built a pulpit right here. And I put a bassinet at the base of that pulpit so I could preach to Becky. I was going to start exegeting Revelation and, and teach it to Becky. But Becky didn't listen very well. Becky was like some of you, except she didn't sleep either. Becky had the colic for three months. Three months. In fact, she still has it some. But three months she had the colic. We didn't sleep for three months. Now, you listen to me, folks. You quit trying to decide how it's going to turn out. He's the master builder. It's his job to build. It's your job to be everything you can be in everything you're supposed to be. In all your ways, be what you ought to be. Let God decide how it turns out. But here you trot over here. Oh, my. I, I, I hope it turns out. I want to build a good church. I want to get, get back over there where you ought to be. And you just roll your sleeves up and give it your best. Let God build the church. You be the best mate you can be. Best wife you can be. Let God take care of the marriage. You be the best friend you can be. Let God take care of the friendship. This is your side, and that's his side. And I promise you, every person here this morning who's unhappy or miserable or disenchanted with life, it's because you've gotten over here on God's side. God said, he's the builder. You provide the materials. Observation number three, quickly. Don't determine success by numbers. Many a godly pastor has come to the senior years of his life, as I mentioned a while ago, this other fellow, thinking he was a failure. Measuring his work with this work. No, you don't measure the work. You measure the working. Let me care of it now. Here's a fellow out in the country. Maybe some little town with a hundred people. He builds a church one in two, three hundred in Sunday school, gives his best, works as hard as I do, and we run 20,000 in Sunday school on some occasions. He works as hard as I do. God's not going to have us stand one day before him and reward us according to I had 20,000, and he had two or three hundred. God's going to say, he worked as hard as you did, and the rewards will be the same. He's going to reward us according to our labors. So get back on your side. It's an old story. I love it. An old pastor had had a terrible year at this church. His health was bad. He could barely walk to the pulpit. He met with his board, and the board members said to him, Pastor, I think we think you ought to resign. It's been a bad year. said, we, uh, really the truth is we haven't had anybody converted this year. 
you've been sick and it's been a bad year. And the pastor resigned, thinking he'd failed. He said, I guess we did have one convert. Said, little wee Bobby Moffat was converted. Just wee Bobby Moffat, that's all we had. And he's just a little boy. Except what he didn't know that we, Bobby Moffat, was going to become one of the greatest missionaries ever crossed the ocean. And that was the greatest year that church consequently had ever had. I know a church that runs 2,000 in Sunday school. I know the man who started that church. On their first anniversary, hear me carefully, on their first anniversary, he, his wife, and children were the only people there. One year after they started the church. Now it runs 2,000. Suppose that he had died after that first year. He'd have gotten just as much reward as if he died after the 20th year. Because he's rewarding us according to our labors. If it hadn't turned out like you planned, you're not supposed to plan. Your dreams have been crashed on the pavement of, 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 of propriety, impropriety. Quit dreaming. Yeah, I said quit dreaming and go to work. Well, my hopes have, have gone awry. Nobody can keep you from working. Nobody. Let me remind you of something. The first year of this preacher's life, I had no converts. None. None. Let me remind you, the first three years of our, of, of our ministry here, we had no growth at all. We had lose one of every one we got. Had no growth at all. I'm trying to tell you this morning that the reason you're not happy, the reason that you're miserable, is you've you, you got a bunch of plans and dreams. When God said, let me take care of that. In all of our ways, acknowledge him. That's your job. And I will direct your path. That's his job. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall wreck thy path. But here you are squatting this morning right in the middle of his job. Get back over there and get to work. Spend the time you spend, spend the time you spend the lawyer's office reading on how to be a good wife. You know what I said? And spend the money you're paying some lawyer for your divorce court. Spend that money on buying some books on how to be a good wife. You young preachers here this morning, don't you come here learning how to succeed. You come here learning how to work. You learn how to dig in this book, and you get back on your side. One of my favorite characters in history is Adam Jensen. One of the most productive ministries on the foreign field in all of history. He went to Burma. He buried his child. He buried his second child. He buried his wife. And for seven long years, not one single convert. Seven years. You'd have quit. I'd have quit. And all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct. Didn't say when he's going to direct your path. It may be seven years from now. It may be a year from now. But you simply acknowledge him. Now this morning I'm talking to hundreds of people who are over here in the center of God's business trying to decide this is the way it'll turn out. And you got your dreams and your hopes and your plans and 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 and, and uh, how to be a success. 
Somebody ought to take all these success-oriented books off the shelves in our bookstores and burn them. You hear me carefully. If you're working as hard as you can and praying as much as you can and living in that book and walking with God, living a decent, clean life, I'll promise you this, that's all the success that you'll need. His job! That's one reason why I don't, I don't fret on days like this. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I don't fret about it. All, my, all I can do is give my best. And brother... Whenever I walk out that highway or about this door for the last time and I stand before my Savior, He's not going to check our offering. He's not going to check that centerfold we had in the Hammond Times as how many buildings we had. He's not going to check and see how big the auditorium was. He's going to reward me according to my labor. So this morning, get back off God's side. You can't acknowledge Him if you're over here directing your own path. You're doing His work and not doing your work, and your work goes undone, and His work goes undone, because you're more concerned about results and how it turns out than what you do. So may I say, in all thy ways acknowledge Him. My little mother, and I'm going to close with this lost her first child at seven lost her second child at seven she and her husband lost her, their business at the grocery store they had went bankrupt daddy turned to liquor but my mama kept on acknowledging him my mama kept on teaching a junior Sunday school class when my mama was 70 years old she started the bus ministry at the Vaughn Drive Baptist Church in Garland, Texas was the first bus captain you retire from it at 65 my mother started at 70 when you sit with the house what are you saying? she didn't have one single dream fulfilled but out her in her future She had a boy that came to preach and a daughter became full-time servant for God. And God directed her path. You're not the builder. You're the provider of the, of the materials. You're not the, the one to, you're not the director. You're not the tour guide. You're the one to give it all you've got. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, in all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Sing it. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, in all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways acknowledge Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And I'm talking to some of you this morning in this room. You're over here on his side trying to save yourself by living a good life. Get back over there and trust him. It's his job to save you. You're trying to save yourself because you're taking Holy Communion. Get back on your, your side. It's his job to save you. You're trying to save yourself because you joined the church, you've been confirmed, or sprinkled, or baptized. Get back on your side. It's his job to save you. This morning, all you can do to get saved is what is over here on this side. You simply acknowledge him. I'm, I'm lost. 
I'm on my way to hell. Jesus paid the penalty for me. And I cannot save myself. Neither can my preacher or my pope or my rabbi or my priest or my church or my denomination. But Jesus can. I will trust him. That's all I can do. And as soon as you trust him, he takes over and directs your path to the city above in the land that is fairer than day. Make this the morning when you say yes to Christ. We're going to stand in just a moment. The choir's going to sing. You leave your seat, walk to the nearest aisle, down the aisle to the front. Let somebody show you exactly how you can go to heaven by only trusting him, and he shall direct thy path. Shall we stand, please? Please open your Bibles to the book of Second Samuel, chapter 19.